You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We learnt a principle yesterday in the 19th chapter of Shabbat. Safek ein mechalalim alav et Shabbat. If there's a doubt, we don't break Shabbat. We don't break Shabbat to circumcise a child when there's a doubt. And we asked the question, well, okay, what kind of doubt might this, might this have been? And the Mishnah mentions the, someone who's androgynous, but most of the commentators don't think that is the intent here. Gen- most commentators think that this is generally about dates. And I wanted to mention one important principle, which we probably all know, but it, it is nevertheless useful just to mention it to get clear in our heads. And that principle is that circumcision happens on the eighth day if possible. If we can, we're going to circumcise it on the eighth day. There's a special mitzvah of doing it exactly on the eighth day. That's why we break Shabbat, to circumcise on Shabbat. And if we can't do it, then there's a mitzvah to do it as soon as practical afterwards. I mean, if you're not circumcised, if you're a man that's not circumcised, you, you have a mitzvah basically for the whole of your life to do it. So the mitzvah applies afterwards, but it does not apply before. There is no mitzvah at all to circumcise before the eighth day. The mitzvah just doesn't exist. And with that in mind, we can understand the Mishnah. We're going to pick up at Mishnah 4 in chapter 19. Someone had two infants. One of them was going to be, was due to be circumcised after Shabbat and the other to be circumcised on Shabbat. So these two children must have been born just at nearly the same time, but not quite. One due on Shabbat, one due after Shabbat. And he got them mixed up. (laughs) I guess, well, you know, it's a stressful time. It's possible to do that. V'shachach, he forgot. Umalet shelachach, Shabbat v'shabbat. And the one who should have been circumcised on Sunday was circumcised on Shabbat. And the Mishnah says, Chayav. He's liable for a sin offering because he's broken Shabbat when there's no mitzvah at all. If we're circumcising early, we're breaking Shabbat for no purpose at all. But let's have a look at the other way round. One to circumcise on the eve of Shabbat on Friday and another to circumcise on Shabbat. And he forgot, same business. And the one who should have been circumcised on Friday is circumcised on Shabbat. And Rabbi Eliezer, we know about Rabbi Eliezer. Anyway, we know he's, we know about Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer holds him liable to a sin offering. Rabbi Yoshua is going to exempt him. Rabbi Yoshua Poter. Because, well, Rabbi Yoshua is relying on the fact that even if we circumcise him one day late, even if we circumcise him on the ninth day, well, there's still a mitzvah of circumcision on that day. So we're not breaking Shabbat for no purpose at all. 
And now the Mishnah is going to explore all of these different possible combinations of dates. This Mishnah, by the way, it feel it's parallel to the first Mishnah in Megillah. When we get on to Megillah, we'll learn that there are all kinds of dates, in all kinds of dates when the Megillah can be read, and it can be read. Well, anyway, we'll come to that. But in the same style, Katan Nimol Tisha Asara Ula Lo Pachot Yoter. An infant is circumcised, a child is circumcised, on the 8th, the 9th, the 10th, the 11th, and the 12th. Neither earlier nor later. Kate Sud, how so? How does it work? Now, neither earlier, we've learned, we've already learned, that there's no mitzvah of circumcision at all before the 8th day. So, Kate Sud, well, in the normal situation, on the 8th, we know that. Kadarkor. If everything is going fine, we will circumcise on the eighth. But Nolad Nimol If he's born at twilight, we're going to circumcise on the ninth, or on what may be the ninth. So he's born maybe at twilight on Monday evening. We don't know whether, gosh, was he born on Monday or was he born on Tuesday? We can't tell exactly, but we're going to be conservative. So if we assume that he's born on on um, if 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 we assume that he's born on Monday, and we circumcise him on the eighth day, the following Monday, well, maybe we're circumcising him early, and we know there's no meets of our circumcising early. If we assume he's born on the Tuesday, if we give him the benefit of the doubt and we push him back a day, well, maybe we've really got the eighth day or maybe we got the ninth day. But we don't, that both are fine because there's a mitzvah both on the eighth and the ninth day. In other words, if in doubt we push forward, we don't push back. And that's why the Mishnah says, If he's born at twilight, if he's born on the boundary between two days, we're going to push forward one day rather than run the risk of circumcising him early. So what about Shabbat? Well, we learned in the yesterday's Mishnah, if it's a case of doubt, we're not going to break Shabbat. So what if he's born at twilight on the eve of Shabbat? He's born just as night is falling on Friday night. Are we going to circumcise him the following Friday or are we going to circumcise him the following Shabbat? Well, according to our rule, we should push forward. We should circumcise him on Shabbat. But there we're circumcising out of a doubt. We don't really know whether he's due on Friday or on Shabbat. And so the Mishnah says, Nimol la'asara. Let's push all the way forward to Sunday. If we know he's born on Shabbat, we'll break Shabbat to circumcise him. If we're not quite sure whether he's born on Shabbat, we'll push forward to Sunday. Bein hashmashot shel erev Shabbat, Nimol la'asara. We're going to push to the 10th day. So now, the now I think the pattern starts to become very clear and easy. 
Yom Tov Achar Shabbat. What if Sunday's Yom Tov? Nimol Achadasav. He's going to be, he's going to be um, circumcised on the eleventh, because we're not just as we're not going to break Shabbat for a doubt, we're certainly not going to break Yom Tov for a doubt. What if what if it's a what if, what if it's a two day Yom Tov? What if it's a two day Yom Tov? What about Rosh Hashanah? Remember, we're in Eretz Yisrael right now, so. We're not going to think we're in the Mishnah, we're in Eretz Yisrael. We're not thinking about a two-day Yom Tov in the diaspora. Um, uh, Yom Tov Sheni Shel Galuyot. We're thinking about a two-day Yom Tov in the land of Israel. Shnei Yamim Tovim Shel Rosh Hashanah. Two days of Rosh Hashanah. Nimol Lishnei Masar. He is circumcised on the twelfth day. Now, all that, of course, applies to a healthy baby. And it's very interesting. We talked about we we talked about saving life on numerous occasions in the last few Mishnayot, and it's interesting. The Mishnah includes katan ein mohalin ad an infant who is sick. We don't circumcise him until he's healthy. And both the Rambam and the Bartanura make exactly the same comment at this point. I brought you the Bartanura. Well, we've we've looked a lot of the Rambam recently, so I brought you the Bartanura. But I assure you that this comment is also in the Rambam. And we've talked before about the fact that the Rambam's a doctor and he's very, very conservative on anything to do with medical issues. And the Bartanura says, and the Rambam says, shivat shiva yamim shlemim. Seven complete days should pass. From the time that he is healed. So we leave seven. We don't, we don't circumcise him immediately when he's healthy. When he's healthy, we actually leave him seven clear days. And then we circumcise him. That's the Bartanura and also the Rambam. So then the final Mishnah of this of this tractate just deals with details of what um, what makes a circumcision, uh, so to speak, satisfactory or not, kosher or not. Eluhen, Eluhen Hamak Vin et Amila. These are the shreds which might invalidate circumcision. Basaha Hofet Rov Ha'atara, flesh that covers the greater part of the corona. The Eino Ochel Batruma, the Gamara will learn out that just as an uncircumcised person can't eat from the Pesach offering, and we'll learn, we're going to come across the Pasha of Bo in just a couple of weeks, and we'll learn that we, the, the people of Israel had to circumcise themselves before eating the first Pesach. And similarly, when they ate the first Pesach in the desert, they had to circumcise. An uncircumcised person can't eat the Pesach, and the Gemara learns that an uncircumcised priest can't serve and can't eat truma. So the this invalid the this invalidation of the milah would also invalidate a kohen from serving or eating truma. The im hayabal basar if he was chubby if he was fat, that he must repair it for appearances' sake. The mohel has to do this on Shabbat, and the idea of I think that the rabbis are really 
shocked and disturbed, disturbed, maybe this is because we're in Hadrianic times, at the idea that someone would look as if he wasn't circumcised. And we know that there's discussion in um, a Josephus about people who made, who looked like they weren't circumcised. And there is, it's it's an idea that fills the rabbis with um, uh, with, with um, great discomfort. Marvel or parite amila, if he circumcised it, but he didn't uncover the circumcision. This is the mem- membrane just underneath the foreskin. Keilu lo mal. It's as if the circumcision has to not taken place. This is absolutely essential. And it's interesting, by the way, just in terms of our discussion yesterday, that this is the these are the only items that the Mishnah regards as absolutely essential for the circumcision. So the sucking of blood that we discussed yesterday and that is carried out differently today is not regarded as essential in this closing Mishnah, the closing Mishnah of the chapter on Milah on Shabbat. We know that the closing Mishnah in any chapter is particularly significant, and so this one is too. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.